0: Uh, Pastor, you said that your life is in danger. You don't want to put your life in danger when you come to church. The fact of the matter is, is you put your, your life in danger. Your life is in danger when you come to church because you're going to have to surrender your life and take on his life. So if you're, if you're all right with losing your life, then you're in the right place and, and Jesus got something better. So if you're willing to trade your life for his life, you're going to be all right. So you're gonna have to it's dangerous <laughs> um so i just wonderful spirit and uh, so there was a handout there and so we're going to talk a little bit about living in the family of god or god's family and so uh for those that are in went to the auburn group i apologize we've, we've been through some of this but uh, i was just testing out the spirit a little bit and uh, felt like uh, it would be a good study for us to look at uh, I, I don't think it's uh, possible to get through it all. I, I, I don't know if I should rush or just take my time. And wherever we are, you have the notes, and you can, you can study later. But um, why don't we just lift our hands and our voice right now as we just pray one more time. Jesus, Lord, we're thankful for your spirit. Lord, I thank you for your body, your church. Hallelujah. Lord, your perfect will. Lord, your hand upon us in the name of Jesus, Keep us, Lord. Keep us. Help us to understand. God, give us revelation, Lord, of what 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 it's all about, and and what we're a part of. Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And so, yes, uh, Pastor mentioned it also that uh, you're doing something wonderful here. We are. We are. A, you are a covering for this region. Uh, I talked to Sister Dawn at the. The wake, I was only able to get in and get out, but I talked to her and I said, uh, "There was, a, there's a scripture actually in Second Thessalonians that I was thinking about, and uh, it reads, uh, the Amplified reads that for the it says Second Thessalonians two and seven, it says for the mystery of lawlessness, that hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority is already at work in the world, but it is restrained only." until he who restraineth is taken out of the way. And so I know the King James reads just slightly different, but the principle is, is that there is a spirit of iniquity, but iniquity cannot have his way because the church of the living God, the spirit of God is residing on the earth. And until the spirit of God is removed from that, then the devil can't have his way. And so we are, the church is here to enforce the word of God. Uh, there's a, just a little statement at the end of this this Bible study. And I found this Bible study with, at Brother Woodward. There's a website, great website, and I so just tailor it a little bit. Uh, but it's a wonderful teaching. But it says that the church is God's agenda for the world. And so the church is indestructible and will exist for eternity. So when the church, the body of Christ, comes together, this is God's agenda. This is what God wants for the earth. And so you being here and and living in the family of God and understanding what you're a part of is so vital and it's so important um, because you're standing for apostolic truth. Acts 2.38 message of Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the message. That is the apostolic doctrine. That is at its core, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you. That is is necessary, essential, and it is the doctrine, the apostles' doctrine that was preached on the day of Pentecost, first century church, and it is still alive and well today. It is the only answer. Jesus is the only answer. And so by you being in the house of God, you are standing for that. And I say all that to say because there are other doctrines right in in the book of book of acts in the bible it talks about in the epistles it talks about seducing spirit it talks about uh, false prophets and and deceivableness of unrighteousness and seducing spirits and so i met with an individual actually a priest yesterday and we spent about 20 minutes talking about jesus name baptism and he referenced the church fathers and so there's writings uh, 70 A.D. or seventy, right, or, or seventy-first century, whatever. That, that, and and so, um, doctrine that was already there, really early, that was conflicting with true apostolic doctrine. And so, it was a great discussion. He loved it, and so I had to go back and say, "Man, this is great. This is going to have to make me go back and study some more." And 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 so we're we're to meet again. But the the point is is that. We got to know what we believe. You got to know who you are. And because there were seducing spirits then, there's surely seducing spirits now. And so the Word of God, study to show yourself approved. And uh, it says in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, uh, Jesus says this to Peter It says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Against it, and so God's church is going to endure uh, the gates of hell. That's we're an offensive group. We're not we're offensive. We're not offending. The word of God will offend, but we are on the offense, and so we are uh, we are uh, uh, standing for truth. We are uh, um, holding that line, and not only that, but we are reaching towards others. Uh, The gates of hell, which is trying to hold back those that uh, hell wants to keep all that it has and wants to gain more. But the church has authority to go and pull them out. And so through the word, the word of God is powerful. Um, It says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 26, it says, "When whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifying the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore we received a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably and reverence with reverence and godly fear, for God is a consuming fire. So anything that can be shaken will be shaken but God's church will not be shaken. The body of Christ, the church, the ecclesia. So the church means ecclesia, right? And so that word, that when Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church, that's the first time you see the word church in the New Testament. And the word church means ecclesia. And so the ecclesia is a, uh, here's the definition on your page, but uh, the, it's meant it's simply the called out ones. And so we've been called out of darkness, the Scripture says, and brought into His marvelous light. And so it's a assembly of of people together, gathering together. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and what exactly that means, because membership is a is a word that may uh, means a member to be a member. Uh, the world has a definition of being a member, and then the Bible has a definition of being a member, and so um, and so God has redeemed us. Uh, God has called us. Second Peter, that's it, I think it's right there. Second Peter, chapter two and verse nine says, um, "But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people." that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So he's not just called you out of something, but he's called you into something. You're not just out there uh, wandering, but he's called you into his light, and that's awesome. And there's other scriptures that you can look at, um, but the the word, uh, the the... Apostolic doctrine. John three five says, "Except a man be born again of water and spirit." Acts two thirty eight, "Repent be baptized; you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." Acts chapter eight, they received the; they were baptized, but then the apostles came, laid hands, and they received the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter ten was talking about Cornelius and Gentile, and that that door was opened to the Jews and the Gentiles. Acts chapter nineteen talks about uh, Paul when he found disciples; they hadn't been baptized; they were only baptized John's baptism. But then they were baptized in Jesus' name. They laid hands on him, and they received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And so being born, you're born into the family of God. You can't sign your name on membership roll. You can't be just uh, that kind of thing. We've had people over the years say, well, how do I become a member? Where do I sign up? And so, well, you don't sign up. You're born into the kingdom of God. It's a new birth, right? And so... You're born of natural birth. You're born into your family, but then there's a spiritual birth, and you're born into God's family, and that is such a privilege and honor and what the grace and the mercy of God. And so, members of God's family, we are. We are a family. We are a part of eternal eternal family. And so, it's important to look at one another in that way. And uh, you know the concept. Is, is great. But then the, the actual uh, process is um, we, you have to love each other. And, uh, you know, it's easy to say I love, but then you've got to deal with personalities and situations. And, you know, God's called us to love one another, right? He died for me when I was a sinner. And he loved me with my faults. And so anybody have faults? Anybody thinks we have to work through? And so we're going to have to work through things together. We'll get into it here a little bit more. But uh, so being a member of God's family, um, I'm so thankful for the family of God. Anybody thankful for God's family? Uh, Wow. I mean, I can't say enough. Words aren't enough here. But Ephesians 2 and 19 says, Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints. The Living Bible reads that you are no longer strangers to God. And, for, and foreigners to heaven but you are members of God's very own family citizens of God's countries and you country and you belong in God's household with every other Christian we're part of God's household God's family family of God that's that's pretty special right I mean, you have your own family, right? And so when you're in family situations, well, that's that's a special place. And there's, there's, there's special privileges that are there. And there's there's special things that, that only family members get to enjoy. Uh, and again, not, not that we're privileged people because the door is open to whosoever will. There's a family of God that's outside these walls that have yet to been, been born into it. I've got to be able to see it that way. I've got to be able to see how does God see this world outside these doors? I believe he sees them as they're saved. Not that they are. they got to be born again of water and spirit. But how he sees them, how he perceives them, right? It's important how we perceive people and situations, right? We, we, we can see it on a surface value. But then I need to have an eyes of the spirit. How does Jesus see the lost? I believe He He has a heart that's broken for them. I believe He has compassion on them. I, I believe He has mercy upon them. And so we we must do the same. Right? And so um, we're, we're part of God's household. Uh, the church is not is a church is a body, not a building, right? We're an organism, not an organization. Now I'm a part of an organization, the United Pentecostal Church. Pastor Dees and I, we are licensed with the United Pentecostal Church. So we are, both of us, are part of an organization. You are not necessarily part of that organization, but we are under that covering of it. And I love that organization. I love what it stands for. I love the doctrine. I love the fellowship. Uh, and so I'm not against the organization. And, again, this building is, wow, there's this years and tears and stories and memories. And I, I love it, but uh, I'm not attached to it. You are the body of Christ (laughs) right here. You're my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And so, uh, that's something that, that time, and this is a building will, it has issues. It may, it may have, it may have to go away someday. I don't know, but you won't, uh, because we're a part of something that will not be shaken and is eternal, eternal family of God. So, you better get used to each other here. You, you, we, we better love each other and get to know each other here, because you, you, if you're going to plan on spending eternity, that's a long time, right? And so, um, so First Corinthians chapter twelve and verse twenty-five. First Corinthians chapter twelve, and verse twenty-five. First Corinthians twelve, verse twenty-five. That there should be no schism in the body. And that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffered with it. It was so wonderful to see as we started service, praying for our sisters and uh, lifting them up and praying for them and carrying their burdens. And just, wow, so special, so important. Uh, If one member be honored, all members rejoice with it, right? We need to be jealous of each other's successes and victories. You know, jealousy is an ugly thing. Pride, arrogance, and me, you know, that, that me spirit. Um, but we're, we're to share with that. So we are now, ye are, are the body of Christ and members in particular. So you are individual. That word members, by the way, literally means a limb. You're a limb want to live without limbs. Some have to do that for tragedy and other things. But I don't want to live without a limb if I don't have to. So you are a limb. You are essential part of the body of Christ. So when you're not here, or or you know, people, Pastor Dees and I, we've met, pastored people and they go, and we don't necessarily, and I say we agree, not that we're, you know we're I'm, I'm a nobody, but we feel like that's not of the spirit. Uh, they may have checked out, but that doesn't mean that God has removed that burden, <laughs> or yourselves, people that you know, that they should be in the house of God, and and you still have a, a affinity for them. You care about them. Well, it's like a part of your body's been severed off. shouldn't happen, you know. And so you're, a, you're members in particular, and God set so God set them. So uh, I'm not sure there's part of this. I didn't read this whole chapter uh, out loud, but... There's part of it in that, and it says that God has set, there it is, verse 18, but now God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it had pleased him. Who put yourself in the body? Did you put yourself in this body, in the body of Christ? No. God set you in the body as it pleased him. So if you're here, a part of the body, you're not a mistake. Now, you have made, you've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. Just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you're a mistake. Just because you've had failures doesn't mean you're a failure. You're part of God's body. He puts you there. He knows what he's doing. And so that's what the body is for, an organism. It's living, breathing. And so we have to recognize that as you know. I mean, I know when, a, I, know when I have a sliver. My whole body knows it, and it, it focuses on that little tiny nothing it's concerned about it and so we need to be sensitive to the spirit about each other you know right we we should be we're spiritual and so uh sometimes you know we're just we're we're zoned in on what i've got to do and where what i've got to get and maybe that is necessary but maybe it's some other times where you know what i need to be sensitive to what's going on with my brother or my sister and I need to watch my words. I need to watch my spirit, my attitude. And uh, we'll get into There's more there. But. So, um, for God so loved the world, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think there's another scripture that says that God, God died for me while I was yet a sinner, right? 1 John 3 and 16, 1 John 3, 16, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us, right? God laid down his life for us. And then it says, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, right? He loved me when I was a sinner, right? Can we love the unlovable? We've got to be able to love the unlovable, right? If we can't love, there's no scripture that says if we can't love what we can see, how are we going to love him who we cannot see? So you're looking at eternity, right? And so we, we have to love. That doesn't mean we necessarily like it. We got to work through those things out. But most of the time it starts with me, my attitude, my perception, you know, my inconvenience and, you um, some people need. We all need time. We all have broken pieces that that are delicate sometimes, and uh, and so uh, the difference between being a church attender and a church member is found in one word. So a member of, according to God's word, is it's a limb. It's a vital organ, right? But membership. I mean, maybe you've had a, a I don't know workout membership or a gym. You know, that's optional. I don't. Had memberships and I just don't go. I don't show up. I go when I want, I go when I feel like it, right? But a commitment, a commitment says, I gotta be there. I gotta be there. I'm I'm a limb, you know. I, I, I love the story of the the church the apostolic church in China. I love this story. I heard I think we heard it from a missionary. And that um, it's it's an underground church. And so if they were caught with the whole Bible, they would be killed. It would it would mean their life. And so what they do is everyone has just maybe a page or a couple pages of the Bible. And so they never know what the pastor's going to preach about. But they know the pastor may need my my pages, may need my scriptures, and so I've got to be at the house of God. And so they are there because they understand how vital they are To what's going on. You are vital to what's going on. Maybe you don't feel that way, but I'm here to dispel that notion. You are vital and important to what's happening in the house of God. You are part of God's family. You are an organ. You are a limb to the family of God. And there's a voice. There is a voice. Maybe voices (laughs) that are trying to dispel that and confuse you about who you are in the world. Right? We're fighting your spiritual battle. And I fight those same spirits that, you know, I, I, don't, I don't feel loved at times. I don't feel worthy. And I'm not. We're not. But he makes us worthy, right? Some, for some reason, he loves us. And so I've got to receive that. I've got to receive that love. And so if I can receive that love and know how imperfect I am, then who am I to withhold that to others? So I've got to be able to look at others as really how Christ sees me. And I'm hid in Christ, and so, wow, wonderful, wonderful thing. So the church is, it's 825, so I, I will have to kind of wrap this up best I can. But um, I, I believe you get the point. Uh, there's a couple things I, I really want to hit, though, is that the church is God's agenda. So this is what God wants displayed uh, on the earth. Um, and so, um, hang on, I'm. I had other notes, and I was reading from those. But I think, I think the point is being put across here. So just give me a moment. Um, oh, there we are. So um, commitment. Commitment is important. Um, ecclesia, uh, God's family. I want to make sure I cover this. So uh, minding my own business, right? That word, minding my own business is definitely not uh, a Christian phrase. It's not uh, what the church needs to be about. Um, and so, you know, if organs are severed from the body, it's going to shrivel and die. And so the, the church will learn to live without members, but it, it, will, it, will, it will, in a sense, be handicapped. It will affect it. But the member will shrivel and die. That member that has been severed will not make it outside of the body of Christ. Once you've been born into it, living outside of the body of Christ is is just not wise, is a death sentence. I, I'm sorry to even say it, but it's the truth. It's the truth. You will shrivel and die and your life will begin to stink outside of the family of God. And so we, we, uh, we are we, we need to, again, you're here, you're committed, so... This is just for your encouragement to help you to understand even more, if I have to, that you are a part of uh, God's body. The church, the the church of the living God, gathered together, right? It talks about how, uh, I think it's Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. um, It says that they, and they continued steadfastly, and the apostles Doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. Um, And they, verse 46, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. And so the early church, uh, the church gets together and gathers together, and there's, there's home groups, there's... There's fellowships and there's, there's wonderful things that are happening at Christian Life Assembly outside of these walls, in these walls. And um, Pastor Dees, you mentioned that calling a brother and, and reaching out and, and really being sensitive to, to what the needs are. And so we are called to come together uh, to, be, to be the church, right? We are, we are the bride of Christ, bride of Christ. Can you imagine if, uh, yeah, I, I love the Lord, but I don't like his wife, you know. That, that doesn't work. Right? That's, that's dangerous territory. You know, you can be a little critical to me, but when you start messing with my wife, then it's a whole other ballgame. It's the truth. The enemy, the enemy, the adversary, likes to mess with the wife. And so the bride of Christ, you are the bride of Christ. To love the bride of Christ. I love the bride of Christ. Wow, it's just a beautiful thing. And so we have to experience life together. We have to experience life together. And that means good times, bad. That means, the, the, uh, right? What, what are the vows, right? Um, to, I remember them. I remember them. It's to good times and in bad, right? In sickness and in health, right? Or rich or poor. We're committed. There's a commitment there. And so we're committed one to another. This is this is a commitment. We are a member. We are committed to the body of Christ. No matter how it looks, and I would tell you over the years here, there are times that it seemed as though things were dying. That's the reality. There was church split, there was things where it seemed like, wow, it's bad. But you know what? God's spirit was there, and there was a faithful group that kept it going. And, 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 and God's spirit helped and persevered because there was committed people that were gathering together that understood who they were in Christ. And so you have to understand who you are in Christ. You are making a difference. You are a vital organ. And so when you go outside those walls, and we said it, we joked about it there on, on Tuesday night in Auburn, but it says, you know, we say, I'm going to church. And I was telling the story that when I left church, there's no such thing as going to church, and we can't leave church. You've said it over the years. So uh, <laughs> I am the church. You are the church. And so wherever you live, and God, we've talked about, you've heard this over the strategic, God has strategically placed you where you need to be because there's a church where you are. And so when you go to Wegmans, but there's a church at Wegmans, and, and you're going to run into somebody that's seeing the church. So it's important who we are. It's important how we act. It's important how we behave. It's important, right? I want my, right, you try to keep your body. The Bible says keep your body, put it under subjection. Well, the body of Christ has to be under subjection outside the wall. When we go out in our ways, we are still the body of Christ. So my behavior affects you no matter where I am. So, powerful. All right. Oh, I'm over. Um, uh, Authentic the church has to be authentic, right? And so that real, real fellowship, when people share their hurts, their feelings, their failures, their doubts, you know, it's just something, just want to mention that real quick. You know, when we, when we testimony, we, and I've shared it, that I've, God asked me the question, do, do I offend you? Jesus asked me, do I offend you? And the answer was yes, I was offended at God. Now, I don't like sharing that, but I like sharing that because I think maybe, well, maybe somebody else has been offended at God. Maybe someone else thought life didn't go the way they should or the way way it's happening is not the plan of your own mind, right? So God had to kind of shake me up a little bit. And so that can help somebody when someone says they have a struggle or, you know, or a victory report, right, when we're just real and genuine we're not putting on a show people know fake people know when you're wearing a mask right halloween is not just one time a year it's 3365 years days a year people put on masks all the time but I, you know and so yeah we need to trust one another right and so gossip and all of those things and we're quick to share about it. that's that's all unrighteous stuff no place in the kingdom of god no place in god's family uh, so authentic being real um Confessing one to another, sharing, carrying each other's burden, mutuality. You know, it's uh, well. It says in Romans chapter one, and verse twelve, Living Bible, a uh, Living Bible. So, uh, I'm not reading the King James here, but it says, "I need your help, for I want not only to share my faith with you, but be encouraged by yours." Paul says that I want to share what what I believe, but your faith is helping me, yeah. and so our our mutual faith helps each other. And then sympathy. Sympathy is a powerful word, you know, compassion, if you will. Jesus was moved with compassion, and miracles happened with compassion. And so, um, and there's some scriptures there, and I can give you more if you need them. But, you know, understanding people's feelings. And I think that's so important. Sometimes seeing things from a different perspective um, and, uh, um, you know, walking a mile in somebody else's shoes, you know, well, maybe you wouldn't do it that way. And, and, you know, I, again, when I'm, I'm not talking about praying about it and getting spirit. But sometimes people do things you say, well, why did they do it that way? I wouldn't do it that way. Well, they were basing it on their frame of reference of maybe their hurts and their wounds and their past. Now, what's the right way to do it? Well, let's talk about it. Let's, let, 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 let me be someone that, that can hear and listen and that you can trust. It's not going to go somewhere else, right? You've got to learn what that person is. And, again, there's a difference between trust and forgiveness. Forgiveness should be automatic. Trust is going to have to be earned. It takes time. But we, sh- we have to learn how to be. So this last one there, mercy. Right? So, boy, God is so merciful to me. God's been so great to me. Ever loving kindness. Mercies are new every day. His compassions, they fail not. But it says in Colossians, the last scripture here, Colossians, why don't we stand? Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. So I commend you for um, being faithful to the house of God. There, the devil cannot have his way on the earth because his, the body of Christ right, is active and alive in the world. And we are simply enforcing the will of God. It is the will of God that none would perish, but all come to repentance. And so, if boy, that mindset, right, that, that this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, he came, he, he, his life was, he lost his life. And by him losing his life, he found it. If you lose your life, you'll find it. But Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says, forbearing, uh, let me read verse 12. Put on therefore the, as the elect, you've been elected, right? They're, they're jockeying for position in November and all that madness. But you've been elected by God, right? As the elect of God, he elected you. No one's going to throw you out of office. No one's going to impeach you. Nobody. God's got his hand on you. Now, you can remove yourself by walking away. But that's not the will of God. You are elected of God. Holy, beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Wow, family of God. That was a quick version, but I believe that's all that, there's more there. I would, you know, study. You got to study. Word of God is something that just, is not enough just just here. Like I was going to say church. This isn't, this is the church. We are the body. I've got to rephrase how I speak. Because I am the church, you are the church, we are the body of Christ. Oh, why don't we just lift our hands. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. You know what, maybe, maybe pray for those that are around you. Why don't, why don't we join together with your brother, your sister, where appropriate, husband and wife, in the name of Jesus. Oh, we're, we're going to carry each other's burdens. You,